0: Max in Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club, you're listening
1: to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. <laughs> Hey friends, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. You find yourself today at the number 37 of our 50 most relevant players. It's across all your salary cap formats, all put into a big melding pot where we talk about who I think are some of the most relevant players in your Supercoach Dream Team and AFL Fantasy side. Don't worry, drafters. We'll hook you up right at the back end of this episode with where we think this player should go. Uh, joining me on this episode to talk about Marcus Bontempelli, I've got Kane back. Hello, mate. How are you?
0: Good. Thank you, MJ. This is a player that I think if you love end of season form,
1: oh, man. you
0: put this guy in your black book once the 2020 season finished and you've probably been trying to keep him under wraps for most of this preseason.
1: Oh, I, I, there are there are players that as you do the research and you write the articles, you do these podcasts that you just go, you, you like they have these moments where you flip-flop between how can I not start this guy? Like he's absolutely incredible. And other moments where you're like, If I start this guy, I am living on a knife edge and all it could take is one or two games not to go my way and all of a sudden I'm hundreds of points in arrears because of it just the nature of the bond as good as he is, that is the true story but at just 25 years old, this midfielder if you had hoped he'd pick up DPP that was not the case, he is a pure mid for us in this year, he had some pretty special scores for us last year, they were career high scores in both Supercoach and in AFL Fantasy, he just he was a hit out away, pretty much from being a part of the 200 club in Supercoach against the Adelaide Crows he destroyed them uh, up in Queensland with a 199 that was his best score in Supercoach last year and a career score while in AFL fantasy it's a 145 not adjusted if you want to do the adjustments to that knock yourself out. He probably might have scored 200 the way he was going against the Crows in that game. He was absolutely on fire. In terms of his seasonal averages, it's 116 in Supercoach and 83.8 in Dream Team and Fantasy. If you want to adjust that, times 1.25, it's just off that 105 marker through there. And from a pricing perspective, he's 801,000 in AFL Fantasy, just under 625k in Supercoach and just a touch under 775,000 in dream team, okay. And as we talk about Marcus Bontempelli, it was actually a pretty stunning year from him, and a relatively slow starts too. But from a statistical perspective, he still finished the year ranked second in the league for center clearances, sixth for inside fifties, ninth for tackles, eighteenth for score involvements. Average twenty-one possessions last year, which is down, but you know, fair enough too. A lot of people's numbers were given the shortened quarters, and yet one of the things I loved most about the Bont last year is his tackles per game held the same from 2019. And so even though he might've regressed in terms of his opportunity to win and impact the ball with shorter quarters, that underrated defensive part of his game that doesn't get talked about enough held true. He is just an out-and-out superstar, isn't he?
0: Yeah, he's a genuine gun of the competition, MJ. I think we throw that term around a lot in footy circles, but he is genuinely, in my books, one of the best five players in the league. And it's for that reason that he's got such a well-rounded game. You know, physically, he's the prototypical player. You know, six foot three, six foot four, yeah. can run, actually damaging by foot. Just not an accumulator, a guy that can really hurt you. Um, as you mentioned before, tackling hits the scoreboard as well, yeah. and a really, really good leader. And um, it shows in his fantasy game. He's very hard to stop, and there was only a few occasions where he did get, you know, nullified and you talk about his season, MJ, it's the tale of two halves. The first half wasn't disastrous by any means, no. but as a premium, it is, it definitely unders. He went at 71 DT unadjusted. So let's call that 89 through the first nine weeks. Yeah. And he went at 99 super coach points through the first nine again, far from terrible, but again, there was an expectation wasn't there after being a really good scorer in 2019 mm. that he was going to be that top, eight midfielder and he wasn't at that point but if you fast forward to round 10 onwards in those eight games that was obviously split up by a buy in round 15 he went at 124 dt points adjusted and 135 super coach points in that super coach run mj last eight games eight tons eight tons just unbelievable you mentioned off the top The monster score 145 which is a 181 DT and a 199 super coach but he also had another one a 124 in DT unadjusted so you've already got another 150 plus score there and a 161 and um, just that well-rounded nature of his game the Bulldogs were obviously really fighting to finish the season strongly and make the finals and he's just a hard guy to shut down he's obviously got heaps of guys in the midfield that are also really good but be honest he is still their main man isn't he
1: he even with all the players that have either come into that side through the trade period or stayed through the trade period he is still far and above the best bulldog player um, that has come in we talked about this 2020 season um, in terms of rankings he's fifth in all midfielders in super coach last year so even though he had that slower start and that incredibly dynamic run home He's still ranked fifth for last year. And that echoed elements of what he did in the the season prior in Supercoach, where he ranked sixth for overall points and 10th in terms of averages that year in 2019 in, in Supercoach. 13 scores of 100. Nine of those were over 120. Um, And an insane five over 140. So that's genuine captaincy scores while in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team in 2019. Ranked inside the top 15 for overall points scored. Average 104, 13 tons, six of them over 120. So sometimes we think in that format of AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, oh yeah, he's more a supercoacher. He doesn't present ceiling. But based off what we've seen now over the past two years, especially, it's pretty much a one in two when he gets that tonne he's able to turn them into that big 120-plus score that you need. If anything, it's his basement that needs a little bit of a lift. But even in 2019, he had just the two scores uh, all year beneath 80. And so we've got this guy that's really, really quite consistent in terms of he's not going to burn you that often. There's a couple of games, like you mentioned, the Luke McDonald tag and a couple other guys got a hold of him over the past two years. But really, he's not going to burn you with a 50 or a 60 Probably on the flip side, he's not the crazy 150 guy that others might be as frequently, although the past two years shown he can be that. But I think if you were to look at him over the past two years, he's pretty much delivered almost identical seasons in terms of where they finished, different in terms of how they've been built. But around about a 115 guy in Super Coach and around about a 105 guy in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, which for some might not be enough to start, but definitely in terms of relevance, He's in that conversation for pushing top five in Super Coach and certainly pushing top 10 in Dream Team and Fantasy.
0: Well, MJ, there's not many players in the competition that can get you off to a hotter start. If Marcus Bontempelli starts this season the way he finished last season, yeah. we're going to have a big decision to make as Fantasy coaches come round. You know, honestly, probably the end of round two if there's two big scores. Yeah, And honestly, we'll probably, it'll probably be the same as Lucky Neal last year. Yeah, it's a good call. Is this is this going to stop? Is this going to fizzle out? Yeah. Can someone slow him down? Again, looking ahead at the fixture, there's a matchup with Matt DeBoer potentially in round six. Okay, they've got the Ruse in round three. It feels like Luke McDonald won't play that role again no, that he got last so. year. Yeah. Carlton with Ed Kernel in round eight. You know, there's a few potential matchups where he might get some heavy attention. But we mentioned 135 and 124 DT to finish the year. If that happens in six weeks, this is a guy that could take the season away from you. You throw a captaincy armband on that MJ. And again, it's that same dilemma we had with Lockie Neal and Max Gorn really last year. If you yeah. didn't have this guy, and there's not many of them that can go on these extended periods of time with extended numbers of 120 plus yeah. week in, week out, with big ceilings in there. Yeah. That's that's the risk. And I think that's the thing that people are looking at. Am I going to get first half of 2020 Bontempelli, which is just very solid? am I going to get end of season Pontempelli, which was out of this world? Yes. And then you mix this all in together with Adam Trelaw's come to the club. Ooh. Josh Dunkley's now healthy yes. after a syndesmosis injury, which is really, really restrictive. You, you, you don't even usually see people come back, let mm. alone, um, he still scored decently well in a midfield role. Tom Libertore was fit the whole year. Once he got into the side, he missed the start of the season and he was great. His
1: defensive and ground ball work for that club is incredibly elite and underrated in the footy community.
0: Exactly. And you throw in the outside guys of Hunter and Smith,
1: the the hybrid guy, the hybrid Ryan
0: Ryan McRae. I think that's where people go, how many of these guys can we fit in? And is there a concern that maybe Marcus spends more time for it? I tend to think that, and I know this is always hard when you're predicting a coach like Luke Beveridge who is mm. not afraid to move everything around if things aren't going the yeah. Bulldogs' way, but Marcus Bontebelli is their best midfielder. I know a lot of the guys, especially now that you've got a Trelaw and McRae and Dunkley, big accumulators. Yep. But in terms of impacting the game,
1: Bont's no one, yep.
0: Bont is, is the guy. So my concern is, does he get more forward role? Again, his time on ground is only 86% in the shortened game. So it's not out of this world that if Bond plays his same midfield minutes and just rests in the mm-hmm. forward line, I just feel like you'd be crazy to take this guy out of the forward line. And Tre- Trelaw is also a, an impact player when he plays in terms of he doesn't need much more than 80% time on ground. No. He, when he's out there, he's all gas and then he takes a break. But I do get this hesitation that am I super confident, MJ? that that back season run will continue. Because as I said at the start, especially in Supercoach, eight games, eight tons. Yeah. All it takes is one quiet game. And as I mentioned, there's a DeBoer game in there, a potential yes. Ed game in there. Um, clearly, if, if I'm an opposition coach, I'm wanting to slow Pelly down. There's got to be some plan around stopping this guy. 100%. Um, so yeah, can he scale those heights early enough? Or do I go elsewhere and just keep a red hot eye on him and obviously i think it has to be in your conscience and in your thoughts In the season, because he's definitely at least an upgrade target.
1: Oh yeah, at at very least, I I think one of the big things for me is ultimately if you've watched the Bulldogs over the past couple of years, and you know the the Bevo doing Bevo things is kind of the you know this coach who's more than happy that ultimately won him a flag a few years ago, where they have such versatile players that were able to play in multiple positions. They could move them around. They could uh, get matchups that were really helpful and beneficial for them. But what we have noticed with Beveridge is once he does find a formula and a structure and a position for certain players that that works and creates winning, he's very hesitant to change them. And more often than not, Bontempelli's right in the middle of the ground. If you just look at what he's been able to do over the past few years in terms of wins versus losses with his points on field, he's an incredibly good scorer. So I think if you believe that the Bulldogs are going to have a better season than they've had the past few years, which has been what? storming home late to make finals. If you think they can maintain that across a full year, then there's something for you. If you want to look at 2018 um, in, in terms of what his differential was, it was a differential of 27.2 points in wins versus losses. And it was 26.5 points per game in SuperCoach in wins versus losses. If you want to then go into the 2019 season, not as drastic, but still there 10 points per game increase in wins in Dream Team team in fantasy while 12 points a game in supercoach in terms of wins versus losses. You want to look at what he delivered in 2020. Again, in wins, he's averaging 17.3 points per game. I think that's something like 21, 22. If you want to play the adjusted averages through there, points per game, while well, it's 14 points per game in, in 2020 in terms of what he scores in wins versus losses. So I think part of the thing with Bont as a starting squad is How do you think the doggies are going to start? If you think they're going to come out of the blocks red hot and go six, two, seven, three, then you're building a a, a case for, yeah, I can, I could start with bond. There's only one or two taggers that I've got a little bit of concern about. I loved his run home last year. It was a pretty good fixture for them last year in terms of what he got. And I think they're going to start. Well, you need a story For that to be able to get him because otherwise the amount of question marks about role, new players coming in can he maintain that? Probably as you've said, do indicate the safest move is to be that upgrade target but you could have said that too about Dusty Martin a few years ago, couldn't you? Before his 2017 season, you go, he's always a guy, he'll be there and there around the mark you can probably upgrade to him if if this is Bont's dusty year, if it is and you start with him and he does what Lockie Neal did. After eight weeks, you can't trade in for him. You have to wait for him to bottom out. You can't pay 700, 800,000 for this guy.
0: No, you absolutely can't, MJ. That's the thing. And you look at the fixture in Collingwood, West Coast, North, Brisbane, Gold Coast, GWS, Richmond's the first seven. Like, again, good luck predicting even how some of those teams yeah. will go. So I think that is part of the challenge, isn't it? And it's. Yep. You know, does the Bulldogs winning mean that Bontempelli scores well, or is it just that when Bontempelli has a great game, the Bulldogs win? And I yeah. think sometimes that is why it's really hard to predict. It's not like a key forward, and you've got this is the matchup, you know, this is Geelong versus you know, North Melbourne of previous yeah. years. I think what will appeal to people is that Bontempelli will not be a popular option,
1: not to start because with,
0: because there's, no. there's too many concerns in terms of the makeup of their site, and I think they are genuine because those guys. You know, a, a fit Dunkley and an Adam Troller into the side. Like they're big scorers. You got McRae, big scorer. Yeah. Bailey Smith, big scorer. Liveratore, big scorer. Hunter, all those guys are big scorers. Plenty of ball. I think what eases some people's minds is if you've got yugo Yukelhagen in the forward line, Mitch Wallace has really established himself yeah. as a third tall, Aaron Norton, hopefully fit for yep. extended periods of time. Again, fonts dangerous anywhere, but. I'd rather him getting the ball in there more often to those Absolutely. guys. Um, and it's a few rotations. I don't think anyone would be surprised if you said Marcus Bontempele had a, a year where he's averaged 110-plus in detail and 120-plus in supercoach. Not at all. Um, but I do think there are genuine reasons to go, I'm happy to just play it safe. Let's have a look, especially when you read out those first few matchups: being Collingwood and West Coast. Mm. You know, for two weeks – Collingwood's obviously got a really good little record against um, the Bulldogs, yeah. namely it's been kicked off with Grundy dominating English in the ruck and giving that yeah. first use. And um, you know, obviously, I think they've got a real chip on their shoulder as well, Collingwood after the trade period to prove that the decisions they made were correct. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Um, West Coast at Marvels obviously handy. Yep. And that is the good thing. Is again, we're talking about fixes MJ in a COVID era, but again, typically the Bulldogs at Marvel is somewhere they like to be and yes. somewhere that. Bontompelli with his skill set can really um, you know have a really good game. So there's massive potential there because of the way he finished last year. That's yeah. showing you what he can do. Um, for me, I just feel like I don't know what I'd need to see. What I'd probably need to see in a way, MJ, mm. as horrible as this is, I'd need to see injuries yeah. to the to some other key midfielders and go, well, I don't have to worry about how they all work because there's a few out. Yeah, um, yeah, So I don't really know what else I would want to see because of the superstar players, if Bont scores an 80 in the preseason or if he scores a 150 like he did in the preseason last year, I don't really think it's going to um, change my mind. So it's probably no. going to have to be a personnel.
1: Um, they need to probably drop two, don't they? Like it needs to be two of that yeah. starting 22 to give you that.
0: I think so. Just because obviously, as I said, a fit Dunkley and Trelaw. into an already bustling midfield and obviously Bailey Smith's only going to want to get better. And he's such a cult figure anyway, that, you know, how do you keep him out of a prominent role on the side? So that's all the thoughts going through my head. I think he's going to be thereabouts in the top eight, definitely super coach, probably just pushing it off from the outside in DT.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, If we're sitting here in round six and he's the number one scorer in the competition, I'm not Not going to be surprised. Not shocked. Um, as I said, there's just not a, it's not a fixture that jumps out to me and goes that's easy and tag free because there is just the ball by himself can put you know a good start to the season and make it a good an average start to the season yeah, if he gets yeah. hold of you. Um, what about in draft MJ? What are you thinking?
1: Uh, well, I think it depends on the format. It depends where he goes. I think in Super Coach he's a safe M one. I wouldn't go for him in the first round. I think with the value. Um, you know, those top two rucks we've got, I think we've got some real clear top tier defenders as well. Uh, I think we're probably seeing more outside of midfield selections than maybe previous years in that first round, but he's a genuine M1. And if I had a, a pick in the second round and I'd locked away one of, you know, those top rucks or top forward or defenders, I'd feel really comfortable with him as my M1 while in AFL fantasy and dream team scoring. I think he's an M2. So a- anywhere from, I don't know, maybe late third round. I'd feel pretty confident. I can't see him lasting into the fifth um, in a dream team or fantasy. But an M two, I'd feel a bit light on it as an M one in my in my midfield. Mm. Um, even if I was heavy somewhere else, I'd still feel light on. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm thinking about drafting him. What about for you, man?
0: Yeah, I think it's some, I think something similar in draft because I do agree, MJ, that he's not clear cut enough in the midfield that I'm like this is my guy. I think he's very good. And I think he's only going to, if he, if he's floors around, you know, 98 to hundred, a hundred in DT, and about 105 in super coach is sort of your worst case. If something yeah. happened, I don't see, I don't see a fall away. It's more just in salary cap. Do I see the jump? Yeah. Um, I think you're right with, there's other lines that feel like I'd rather grab, you know, the top defender tier or the top forward tier, or obviously one of those two big rucks feels like to me, you'd, you'd almost want to have you'd almost want to have the last pick in the first round and what i mean by that is yeah. then you've got the option to grab him on the 3 4 turn
1: yeah and
0: just go bang bang um so what's that really putting him in mj that's sort of putting him in the pick um 20 not yeah they're sort of in the 30 to 31 range yeah, which is 20s, very yeah. early late 3 early 4 and a 10 10 team league in, dream, um, team in league, fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. At least by then you've sort of had a good look at him. He wouldn't last that long in super coach just with how no. good he is. Probably be the opposite. It'd probably be um, having the first pick. So you'd, you'd maybe try to get him on the 2021 20, pick Yeah, yeah. in a 10 team league and just have a look. And obviously the beautiful thing about being on a turn is you can uh, grab shape that. You can see that other, you can shape it and you can see what's sort of on the board. So um, yeah, when, when, when we're going in the first round, just no. mainly due to the other lines, um, But I think once it gets to sort of about pick 15.
1: um, It's on. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's on. I think he's in that range because you can argue so many other guys that are there and thereabouts. Um, And I guess Marcus just has proven it a little longer than some of those other guys. But I think you're going to see a lot of people going the backs and the fours and the rucks and just going, we'll see what happens in the mids and what what falls in my lap.
1: Yeah, no, it's fair enough too. He's an interesting player, Kane. Thank you so much for your thoughts about the bont today.
0: No worries, mate.
1: If you want to go check out the article, it is online now for you at coachespanel.tv. All the links uh, to join our Patreon army and uh, get early access content to these podcast episodes. A bunch of team reveals that aren't exclusively only for our patrons. No one else is seeing them except our Patreons. Yep. Last year's Dream Team winner, Ritz, he's already shared his formula and what he's doing this year. There's a coach team reveal coming. There's already been an AFL fantasy and a bunch of other stuff. If you want to join our Patreon supporter group, all the links are at coachespanel.tv. While you're there, you can read all the articles of the players revealed so far in the 50 most relevant. And we'll be back again tomorrow as we enter into the middle parts of the 30s of this year's 50 most relevant.